Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it is a Wednesday morning. It is August 16, 2023. Appreciate your listenership here at EWTN. We had the day off yesterday because of the beautifully holy day of obligation, of course, the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And a big thanks to Vanessa Denhagarmo for filling in for me on Monday on the live edition of Catholic Connection at this time because I was traveling back from Minnesota and a wine event. Wine is a beautiful women's ministry, women in the new evangelization. The website is catholicvineyard.com. And we have an event every summer called A Tale of Two Vineyards where we have a speaker and you learn more about the ministry. And our speaker this weekend was the amazing incredibly talented vocalist and storyteller Valimar Jansen. If you've never heard her, I highly recommend her to bring her to your women's conference or your event. She's just off the charts. Awesome. Even performing at Carnegie Hall, she's that gifted. So it was a great event. Thanks to Kelly Walquist and their team, catholicvineyard.com. We also have that cool Rosie study that we're doing, a book study, an online event. I know that uh, Vanessa has talked about that with uh, Kelly when she filled in for me on another occasion. And it's catholicvineyard.com. It starts September 5th and runs through the middle of October. And we have some live sessions that we're doing. We taped some really cool videos and did some cooking in Italy with Kelly recently when I was there. And so it's going to be a really, really fun study on everything's coming up, Rosie. And there's a package you can order that not only has the book, but the journal, and also a special prayer card and information on how to sign up for the study again, starting on September 5th, catholicvineyard.com. Coming up on the program today, very excited to have Greg and Julie Alexander back with us from the Alexander House. They have a new marriage community they just launched, and they just launched it yesterday. So this is hot off the presses, as we say. And we will discuss in about, uh, oh, about 13, 14 minutes. And then we're wrapping up. Joan Lewis is on vacation on a river cruise with her sister, wishing her a relaxing time and a safe time with her family. And she'll be back with us, good Lord willing, one week from today. But Andrea picciotti Bayer is going to be joining us. She's the director of the Conscience Project and a legal analyst for EWTN News and the National Catholic Register. She'll be joining us with an update on what's happening with parental rights around the country. Taking a look at a continuing story that... Um, is still developing. Remember that story in Maryland where the parents and students are pushing back against very inappropriate material that's being forced on young people? All parents want to do is opt out their kids, and they're not even being allowed to do that, so they're really pushing back. So it's going to be a great discussion, and we'll get the latest in how we can speak up peacefully and lovingly to speak the truth about who we are, male and female, made in the image and likeness of God. Okay, so weather-wise... We have a mixture of heat, heavy rain, and severe weather, and that's according to the National Weather Service. Today's outlook, more record high temps expected across the northwestern states. Texas and Florida, meanwhile, are expecting severe thunderstorms ahead of a frontal boundary across portions of the upper Midwest. And heavy moisture adding with the development of mainly afternoon and evening showers and thunderstorms. Isolated flash flooding is possible especially in those vulnerable areas that we just mentioned. So that is a look at the forecast and our rundown for today on a Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Right now, a ton of news to get through, as you can imagine. 
leading with those devastating wildfires in Maui. It is three minutes, or actually four minutes past the hour now. The death toll in Hawaii from wildfires rising to 106 now. The massive wind-driven blaze that tore through the once picturesque town of Lahaina on the island of Maui is now the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. Damage is also estimated at more than $5.5 billion, and sadly, officials expect that death toll to continue to rise. This comes as the Hawaiian Electric Company is beginning the laboring task of restoring power to the fire-ravaged areas. Mounting evidence does suggest that power lines may have played a role in starting the fire that destroyed Lahaina one week ago. The Honolulu Bishop Larry Silver visiting the town of Lahaina yesterday to celebrate Mass and meet survivors of the wildfire. He told Catholic news agencies that he celebrated Mass on Maui on Sunday for about 200 Catholics gathered there. He also said that while the scope of the crisis has been overwhelming, the response from the local community, he said, has also been remarkable. remarkable. The Maui County government said on its website on Monday that the Lahaina fire was 85% contained, while several other fires actually uh, were, were in the process of being contained or had already been extinguished. Meanwhile, problems in Northern California, as Michael Kastner reports, is a fast-moving wildfire prompting evacuations in that part of the country. Officials in Siskiyou County say the head fire has spread to 2,000 acres. The sheriff's office has issued evacuation orders for communities along the Klamath River. The wildfire sparked Tuesday in an area that was being struck by lightning. And the San Francisco Chronicle says the huge cloud produced by the wildfire is now creating its own lightning. Lightning-caused fires were also reported yesterday in nearby Mendocino County and in the Tahoe region. Pope Francis praying the Angelus of the faithful gathered in St. Peter's Square yesterday on the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as Christopher Wells reports from the Vatican, the Holy Father dwelling on two aspects of the Blessed Mother's life, service to others and praise of God. On the Solemnity of the Assumption, Pope Francis said at the Angelus on Tuesday, we contemplate Mary ascending in body and soul to the glory of heaven. We also see Mary in the Gospel ascending into the hill country to help her cousin Elizabeth. It is there, the Pope notes, that Mary proclaims the joyful canticle of the Magnificat. Maria sale. Mary ascends, and the Word of God reveals to us what characterizes her as she does so. Service to her neighbor and praise for God. Reflecting first on service, Pope Francis said, It is when we stoop to serve our brethren that we rise. It is love that elevates life. At the same time, Pope Francis acknowledged that serving others is not easy. Like Mary, who had traveled a long way to be with Elizabeth, we too can find that being in service to others involves fatigue, patience, worries. It's tiring, the Pope said, but it is ascending upwards. It is to gain heaven. However, the Holy Father warned, service risks being barren without praise to God. Turning again to the gospel, he noted that after her long journey, Mary did not dwell on her weariness. Rather, a song of jubilation springs from her heart, because those who love God know praise. Major cities across the central U.S., as we mentioned earlier in the national weather forecast, in for the hottest weather of the summer. Forecasters now say cities including Chicago, Minneapolis, Des Moines, Iowa, will be broiling, they say, under a massive heat dome. Afternoon highs in upper 90s to 100 could be the rule for much of the rest of August. 
Elsewhere this week could bring temperatures 5 to 10 degrees above average for all of Texas and Louisiana, along with parts of Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, and the Florida Panhandle. As former President Trump faces criminal conspiracy charges in Georgia, he took to his Truth Social account yesterday, posting that he will be presenting his irrefutable report that will prove his innocence, and that will take place at a press conference in New Jersey. A grand jury handed up an indictment yesterday, or actually earlier this week, in connection to Trump's alleged efforts to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. He's promising there will be a complete exoneration. Another protest is planned in Queens Village, where the process of housing up to 1,000 migrant single men is underway. Asylum seekers are being brought to Creedmoor Psychiatric Center, where they are getting meals, accommodations, and have cots for sleeping. Completely inappropriate location to put 1,000 unvetted males in a cot. By the way, it's also quite inhumane to them. Mayor Adams' administration, meanwhile, scrambling to find more shelter space and says they would rather have them there than in the streets. Another temporary migrant shelter facility is expected to open this week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says Rick Holschel tells us apparently wants peace with the Disney Corporation. DeSantis told CNBC that he's willing to talk to Disney CEO Bob Iger. Disney is suing the state, and DeSantis says the company should drop the suit because it's going to lose. He also says no one has made Disney more money recently than him because he allowed Disney parks to stay open during the pandemic. The feud between Florida and Disney started last year when the company publicly spoke out against a state education law banning discussions of sexual orientation and gender identity in public schools. North Korea confirming publicly for the first time that American soldier Travis King crossed into the country, state-run media claiming King admitting to entering illegally and expressing willingness to seek refuge in North Korea or a third country. The report also said King confessed to harboring ill feelings against what he said was inhumane maltreatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. Mark Mayfield tells us homebuilder sentiment slipping as mortgage rates are going up. The National Association of Home Builders Wells Fargo Housing Market Index fell six points in August as mortgage rates approached 7%. Builders say high construction costs and a lack of buildable lots are also putting a chill on sentiment. The August survey revealed that more builders are also now using sales incentives to attract new home buyers. For the first time ever, TV accounts for less than half of Americans' viewing time, according to Nielsen, traditional cable and broadcast television, making up less than half of all TV watching at just 49.6% combined. On the other hand, streaming services, including Netflix and YouTube, growing to a record of nearly 40% of total TV watching. Year-over-year, broadcast TV dropping over 5% and cable dropping 12.5%, but streaming jumping over 25% year-over-year in July. Retail sales shooting up seven-tenths of a percent in July, the biggest increase in six months. That's according to numbers out from the federal government today. That beat market analyst expectations of three-tenths of a percent, boosting by purchases of Amazon Prime Day. It is a Wednesday, middle of the week. It's now 11 minutes past the hour. Do hope you're having a great Wednesday morning. Weather-wise, we're looking at heat and heavy rain. If you're just tuning in, the National Weather Service is telling us that our outlook for today, more record high temperatures expected across the northwestern states, Texas and Florida as well, and severe thunderstorms are also possible ahead of a frontal boundary across portions of the upper Midwest. And they'll saying a lot of monsoon-like moisture will be aiding with development of mainly afternoon and evening showers and thunderstorms in those areas, along with possible isolated flash flooding. So it is going to still be a rough uh, time in terms of the weather. 
and we keep praying and monitoring the situation in Maui where we now have 106 people losing their lives to those devastating wildfires. So we continue to pray for them and again monitor that situation and please be sure to tune in to EWTN News Nightly and all of our news programs for the latest updates as we go throughout the day and cover the news stories for you. It is a Wednesday morning. Looking forward to catching up with our dear friends, amazing marriage coaches, Julie and Greg Alexander, and they have a big announcement. They've just launched a new marriage community, and they launched it yesterday. So as we say in the biz, it's hot off the presses. Julie and Greg join us at 15 minutes past the hour, just a little bit away. And then we're also going to be taking a look at what's happening with parental rights across the country and how many parents are pushing back, thanks be to God, on public education. We'll talk about that, and that will wrap up our program. Don't forget, Joan Lewis is on vacation. She joins us, God willing, next Wednesday back in her regularly scheduled time slot, which is 39 minutes past the hour on Wednesdays. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Don't forget, check out all of our great resources and the family celebration coming up in less than two weeks, August 26th. All the details are on the homepage, taking place in Birmingham, Alabama, So you're very close to Irondale, which is where the headquarters of this network are. And if you've never been to the network to see how it operates, it's so amazing. Everyone is so nice and so friendly. You can even contact their pilgrimage department for more details and set up a tour. And maybe you could sit in on one of the live shows, maybe one of Father Mitch's programs or Jeanette's or Jim and Joy Pinto. Either way, it's just a great, great time to go see the network, to go to the family celebration. Make it a mini pilgrimage for your family. Maybe go to Hansville, go to Irondale. Go to the conference, all of the above. But all the details, of course, at our homepage at EWTN.com. We will be right back. Don't touch that dial as we say in Radio Land. Stay tuned. He was a doctor of the church, a Carmelite, and one of the most famous mystics of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. John of the Cross wanted to help all Christians to become saints. One of his most important teachings was to encourage us all to learn how to love. For there is no love, he said, put love, and you will find love. He died in 1591. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. You and your spouse are invited to cruise with Royal Caribbean this January, along with Father Michael Schmitz, Archbishop Nauman, Al, Teresa, Dr. Ray, and many others. Get away with your spouse on a fun, relaxing, and rejuvenating cruise with inspiring speakers, daily mass, and endless memorable experiences. Father Michael Schmitz comments, you'll encounter an amazing community of couples and speakers, and most importantly, you'll encounter Christ. More details at AveMariaRadio.net. Just click the travel link. 
15 minutes past the hour, actually 16 minutes past the hour now on a Wednesday morning on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Catholic Connection is a co-production of EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. As we mentioned earlier, check us out online, EWTN.com and also AveMariaRadio.net. Always great getting an update on marriage and how we can help build stronger marriages from our marriage coaches, Greg and Julie Alexander, authors and speakers, retreat leaders. And they have hot off the presses because they just launched it yesterday a new marriage community. So Greg, I'll go to you first. Both of you, thanks for joining us. So this is like brand new, right? Good morning. Yeah, yeah. hot off the press, as you mentioned, Teresa, and just exciting because throughout the years, after doing our workshops or after our series of sessions with couples, they always want to know, how can we stay in contact with you guys? Want to keep learning? Do you have anything for us? And so for the longest, we have had nothing, but now we do have the Greg and Julie, Your Marriage Disciples Members Club, where couples can log on and become members and, and stay updated on the different topical areas relating to marriage. Uh, there's a component where we have them submit questions that we ask answers specifically their questions in a video format. And then we also have a once a month we have in cocktails and conversations in the evening with Greg and Julie, where it's just a live uh, interactive uh, video feed where they're asking questions or we're teaching on a different topic and things of that nature. Just again, something to bring the couples back together to us Yeah, and Teresa, we wanted to offer a place where couples could come together and strengthen their relationships and have a spiritual connection because what we're realizing through our journey of doing this, you know, marriage, people feel so alone. Unfortunately, when they come to us, they feel like they're on an island and no one can understand because they ask, they go and they, they search for help or prayers. And unfortunately, a lot of them are not given the good, correct advice or giving them encouragement to stay together. That's what this community will, will offer to them, is a place to come where like-minded people can come together and strengthen each other in their marriages. Yeah, and Greg, even if they have a, have a healthy marriage and, and they really want encouragement, they need places to go, right? Absolutely, Teresa. As you know, many parishes are not offering that, quote-unquote, continuing education, if you will. And so couples are looking for that information whether they want to focus on a specific aspect of the marriage, like communication, and the other aspects as well. And so all of that will be housed here. In addition to having a community, because uh, the club itself is one thing, but the community is actually part of the members' club. It's just like Facebook. We'll have our own inherent community where they can ask questions, dialogue back and forth, and getting to know each other. Because in a work the last 24 years, we find that a lot of learning also takes place when the couples are actually having conversations with each other, yeah. when they find that someone is experiencing an issue that they're having, and they can actually conversate to find out, how did you overcome that? What did you do? Oh, wow, I'm reading this book. You can check this out. So, again, we're just hoping to grow just this online community, literally worldwide, where couples can come together whether they're preparing, having difficulties, or just wanting to enrich and grow their marriage relationship as well. Talking with Greg and Julie Alexander on their new Marriage Disciples Members Club. So, Julie, how do they sign up? Well, that's a good question because they now can come to. Greg knows this more than I do. I'll let him do that. Okay. <laughs> He's a technical guy. I was going to say, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> but we, we actually created another whole website called yourmarriagedisciples.org. Or if you're familiar with coming to the Alexander House, there's a link that says join the club on the navigation bar. So, thealexanderhouse.org, T-H-E, alexanderhouse.org, or you can also get there with yourmarriagedisciples.org. 
Okay. So what are some, you mentioned a few of the items you'll be discussing. Julie, I'll go back to you. In terms of marriage, what do you think are, are the most common discussions now? Here we are post-COVID, and there's so much coming out about the impact that COVID had on people's relationships, the isolation issues that are coming up that, that happened that maybe they didn't know they were that bad that came out during COVID. What are you seeing now post-COVID in terms of some of the issues and how will this be addressed in the in the uh, Disciples Members Club? Absolutely, great question. Uh, so when they get access to the, the interactive workshops in the community, it'll be topics like communication, building intimacy, conflict resolution, those kinds of things. Because once we've realized, Teresa, when people, whether they come to our workshops come to marriage discipleship. It is unbelievable. You know, you look at our world and our culture. We spend so much time learning on all aspects. You know, people spend hours and hours trying to uh, strengthen their skills and whatever they're doing. But when it comes to marriage, they just kind of come in and go, okay, well, we said I do. Now what is there? And, and with the world being, the culture really being so toxic to marriage, people need a navigation tool. They need to know how do you do this how do you communicate effectively? And it's so simple. We give people simple answers to maybe tough questions, but it's easy. It's just not readily available in, in terms of our faith and marriage. Yeah, and if I could pull that one topic out, communication, because on our intake form that we send couples before they come to us, 100% of the times, Teresa, communication is always one of those issues. And the reason being because we all grew up in our respective uh, family of origins with whatever communication style that was, be it good, bad, or indifferent. However, we've never seen a couple come together with that same communication style. So it is always an issue where we have to go back and give them the ground rules of what needs to take place in order for good, effective communication to be experienced in the marriage. Yeah. I, I always have amazed, and I, and I guess I, we did this too. I know you guys did too when you got married because we've discussed this. But you think about how silly it is. Where, where Julie, you mentioned we work so hard on everything else in our lives. We, we wouldn't think about purchasing an expensive vacation or even a, a, you know, a nominal vacation, maybe even a weekend away without doing a lot of research or putting some effort into it, buying a house, maybe remodeling our, our kitchen or bathroom. Anything that has to do with, you know, we have to get the best price. We have to do some research. And when it comes to marriage, it's just like, okay, well, we're married now. As you said, Julie, we said, I do. Now we just move forward. What happened? And, and uh, Julie, I'll go back to you. Why do you think that attitude is so prevalent even today? Well, it's so prevalent, Teresa, just because culture, but sadly, I'll even go back to the, the immediate family. You know, we, we have couples come to us, and it's so sad. It saddens us to the core when they come to us and they say, you know, they go and complain to a friend or a family member, a coworker, or even their parents. And people's first reaction, even some that go to the church, it seems that their first reaction is, oh, you don't deserve that. Oh, I'm so sorry you're in pain. Let us help you get out. You know, we always encourage parents, no matter what, help your children find a solution to their problems, not give them a reason to get out. Because brokenness in marriage, it, 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 it passes on. It's something that, that's, that just crushes not only the couple and the families, but our society. So we don't have the actual verbiage, in a sense, sometimes, Teresa, that even helps people learn how to stay together. We encourage people, our culture, our church, family members, parents, to encourage and walk alongside these couples that are struggling or in trouble, not to give them, not to invite them to get out of their marriage. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think also, too, even long before their children become married, we also ask parents to have to remember 
we are our children's marriage preparation. And so a lot of times kids have these problems later in life because they never learned it at home. So at home, we have to be diligent about these different topical areas, sharing with our kids. We, we meet so many couples, Teresa, who they don't want to disclose the fact to their children that they're having problems. I'm like, why not? <laughs> because we're, we're all imperfect human beings. We're going to have difficulties. And if you're trying to put off this facade as if you're great, wonderful, and holy, and your kids know that they're not, then they're going to run into difficulties as well. And so, again, not that we have to have a knockdown, drag out fight in front of them, but, again, to let them know that, hey, we're struggling right now. There's communication issues that we have. Maybe you need to come and maybe you need to pray with mom and dad or pray for mom and dad and bring them into the equation in just a simple way like that. Yeah, and the kids can sense that, especially if you're suppressing it, right, Jules? They they absolutely sense it, Teresa. And so what happens is in the lack of sharing and the lack of allowing them to know that we need prayers and that we want them to help us under or to help them understand what happens typically is then they become the ones that feel like it's their fault they're not good enough i must have done something wrong i must have caused mom and dad to argue it is amazing how the evil one works when we're not forthcoming and truthful about the issues and problems in our marriage we tell couples that as greg said you are your children's marriage prep let them know that you're going to a weekend away to strengthen your marriage let them know that you're going to a marriage disciple session with another couple because they can see let them see you pray let them see you working on your marriage because they'll know when they get in a marriage that's just normal that's right what that's what to do more with greg and julie alexander mornings on marriage with greg and julie from the alexanderhouse.org check out their brand new brand new community marriage disciples members club there's a link on the main page as well we'll be right back it is a wednesday morning of catholic connection on ewtn father benedict groeschel oh i love reverence wherever i go in the world i usually go to visit the religious buildings and no matter what i see i see reverence or i've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh, yes, let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man while the police were coming, the ambulance. They removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered, respect. I wish it were true today. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. An advanced care planning document, or ACP, is one kind of advanced directive, providing a written statement of a person's desired medical treatments in the future. A recent study titled, What's Wrong with Advanced Care Planning, concluded that there is a gap between hypothetical scenarios and real-world decision-making. Another study found that 80% of emergency room physicians misinterpreted an ACP as a do-not-resuscitate order. Another issue is that any disagreement between medical professionals and the patient's healthcare agent regarding specific ACP language may undermine the patient's ultimate wishes. Your best bet is never to sign an advanced care planning document, such as a pulse form when admitted to a hospital. And make sure your healthcare durable power of attorney has a provision which invalidates any previously signed ACP. 
This Medical Moment, brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. Twenty-eight minutes past the hour, catching up with Julie and Greg Alexander from the Alexander House, launching a new area of their ministry with Mornings on Marriage, your Marriage Disciple Members Club. There's a link on the homepage, and I'm going to send you to the homepage because I just want you, if you're not familiar with their overall ministry, to check it out, thealexanderhouse.org. There is a link to the Marriage Disciples Members Club, but their work in marriage is so important and what they bring to the table in terms of the reality of the situation and how you have to get God back in the center of your marriage. And you can uh, bring them in for retreats or parish talks, whatever related to marriage. They're excellent. And I just, just think the world of them. And that's why we try to have them on as often as we can. Again, thealexanderhouse.org. So uh, Greg and Julie, I just want to get your feedback on this. A couple of other questions, but interesting experience. I was telling you during the break that Deacon Dom and I were asked by our pastor to have a date night at our parish here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, but we decided to open it up to the local area and we're blessed, it's almost sold out. It's coming up on August 26th. And we ran into a friend of ours, a dear friend that we've known uh, in our parish for many years, a great guy, he and his wife are very involved. And he said, you know, I really wanna go, but I want my children, I want my son and his wife to go. So I am going to actually babysit for them. Mary and I are going to babysit so they can go because I think it's really important because they're recently married. They have their first, you know, they have, they have their own children now, but they've been married a few years and they really want them to hear our talk. And I thought, isn't that beautiful? There, there you have the whole essence of that family community working to build marriages. Amen. I, I say again, what a great, but what a, no greater gift could that parent, those parents give that couple than to watch their children and encourage them to go to a marriage enrichment event. That is so beautiful because what is it, it we talk about that things that we do in the blessings are passed down from generation to generation, just as even divorce or any kind of issues are passed down as well. So I love it when you see a positive uh, uh, influence on these young married lives and no better influence than the parents. So encouraging our children to do something for their marriage and get in the community. You mentioned the word community. Our family is the first community in which we come from, and that's where we're offering this community online because sadly, Teresa, a lot of people don't get that encouragement and support from their, their immediate families. So the community will bring together these like-minded people that want to be there even to pray for each other. You know, some of the best learning we have people say that they do is when couples share their experiences with each other because then the other couples know that they're not alone in their struggles, but also celebrating their good, the good things that happen in their life. Right, right. And I also think this whole idea of, of community, uh, the, what happened during COVID really exposed how we are, as, as God taught us, created to relate, relating to him first and then to each other. You, you, we can't subsist without that. We have this report that came out from the Surgeon General a few months ago about the epidemic of loneliness. And Greg, I would say that it's just not loneliness of the individual person, but maybe loneliness of couples, as you alluded to earlier, that aren't able or don't have people with whom they can connect on a regular basis. Oh, you're so right, Teresa. That's been one of the beautiful things we've experienced now that we have a physical Alexander House here. And and so the different events we host where couples come out, and we may have a schedule like from 7 to 8, but the event typically ends around 11 or midnight because couples continue to stay there and hang out because they they find that community, that bonding, that they want to come together. Because in that, you know, you get these diverse perspectives. It's kind of like the reason why Julie and I work as a couple with couples, because they not only get the male's perspective, they get the female's perspective, 
But here you have the collected experiences of other couples that can bring various perspectives as well. And that's where, again, I think a lot of the learning takes place. And so we want to be able to duplicate that online, literally around the world, to hear those diverse perspectives, to grow in those relationships, to really help build and strengthen their marriage relationships. And Teresa, we make sure that in our environment that what we do is, you know, there's times that you can hear people come together and start complaining about their wife or complaining about their husband. But we encourage the total opposite, and it's amazing to see people's faces and their actions, their reaction when you start saying, challenging them. I'm going to challenge you for the next week. I want you to say something positive about your husband, not only to him, but in front of the children or in front of somebody else. And they're like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, are you, are you serious? It's like they don't know how to form those, make their mouth form the goodness that is happening in their marriage. But as soon as they start having praise and thanksgiving and appreciation in their marriage, the whole environment changes in the walls of their home because there's now graces and blessings instead of condemnation and frustration. Yeah, and, and also just gratitude for where God has brought you in, in, in your marriage and relationship. Talking with Greg and Julie Alexander, the Alexander House, the alexanderhouse.org with their new uh, Marriage Disciple Members Club. Now, Greg, is there a deadline to sign up for this? Yes, Teresa, we're opening right now for what we call the founding members because we know that down the line there's going to be kinks and things we need to work out. And so we're having a special discounted price for our founding members. And so for about the next two months, It'll just be uh, just inclusive of those members. So that actual date will close uh, the 25th, I think. I'm looking at Julie. She said the 27th of August. Okay. That then it will close, and they will no longer be able to register for this current enrollment period. Okay, so that's next Sunday. So they have, what, about nine, ten days left for that. So make sure you check that out. We're talking with Greg and Julie Alexander of the Alexander House on a new mission of theirs, which is called the Members Club. Uh, Julie, what might be some of the reasons why people might be reluctant to join, uh, to join a wonderful online community like this? Because this is, like, so non-threatening to just to be able to join online. Yeah, I love that, Teresa, because a lot of times, even when we have our live workshops, people go, a lot of times it's the men, not always, but often the men. Always the men on the men. <laughs> but they'll say, I'm not going to that. I'm not going to share my issues or I'm not. But it is incredible what we've seen is when we host a forums online, it's awesome to see both men and women come and be honest with each other. And I've never seen such a... I think they let the walls down, Teresa, and they come in a humble way, and they're really, truly wanting to learn. Most people will come and they'll say, I didn't have a good uh, example of marriage in my home growing up. I didn't have a father figure that really showed me how to be a man or, or a woman to be a wife. And it's incredible to be there to support each other and give ideas. And it's awesome to see these people exchange ideas and somebody take that idea and then come back later and say, you know what, I implemented what you told me to do, and it changed the whole existence of my understanding of marriage and our environment and our home. Even the children are coming to these people and saying, I see a difference in your marriage, Mom and Dad. It is so awesome. Mm. And so how many people have signed up so far? Do you have an idea, Greg, of how many people are, are interested right now, or what's it look like? Uh, yeah, we have 44 people that's actually in, interested. So I, I'm able to see as they are going through the process and then there's uh, six that are currently purchased right now as of since yesterday. Wow, that's awesome. So, again, we have a deadline to sign up, August 27th. And, Greg, I know there is a direct website in addition to thealexanderhouse.org for the Members Club, right? Yes, yes, and that is yourmarriagedisciples.org, yourmarriagedisciples.org. 
And like right. if you get lost there, just go back to the Alexander House and click join the club. Yeah, and pretty sure the last thing I want to say is there's going to be very, very um, deep conversations about just different issues that maybe people don't think they need to go to counseling but don't want anybody to know, kind of hide behind their faults and problems or whatever, thinking they're alone. But overcoming infidelity, seeing things that people, that, you know, the lack of communication, arguing, conflict resolution, things that there are answers to. We have tools to help people overcome these situations and issues. That's what this community is going to have. Yeah, and I just think it's so important to have a community, again, as we said in the beginning, whether you're having particular struggles or whether you just want encouragement and growing your marriage, we have to be doing this together to encourage one another to uplift marriages. Thanks, you guys. You're amazing. Really appreciate it. Greg and Julie Alexander. And we'll have them back soon for another segment on Mornings on Marriage. Check out the new Members Club, and you can go to their main website. Bring them into your parish to speak of your diocese. You won't regret it. TheAlexanderHouse.org. We'll be right back. We live right now in dark and confusing times, but Jesus is always at work. We shouldn't allow ourselves to forget what we know just because we're facing many circumstances that are threatening and confusing to us. You know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know that he's poured out his Holy Spirit and formed his body on the earth, and that he is the head of the body in heaven, and his body is right here on earth. You can point to it. Jesus didn't just leave us a set of teachings. Jesus, in fact, gave us himself. The church is ultimately the deifying union between Christ the head and the sanctified members of his body. And so just as the Lord unfurls himself into the Eucharist, Jesus is also extending his divinely human presence into his mystical body, the church. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. 60 on 10 with Monsignor Charles Pope. The first commandment, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no strange gods before me. In this commandment, God seeks to protect us from false claims to our worship and obedience. And there are, there's a great sad history of people who have trusted in gods other than him or things other than him and the ruin that it has caused. So God is trying to protect us and call us to an absolute trust and obedience of him. He asked us to trust him above all things and above all other people or so-called gods. We have to also avoid things like consulting horoscopes, palm reading, clairvoyance, recourse to mediums, any desire to try to control things apart from God. God simply says, trust me, I'm the Lord your God. The first commandment, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no strange gods before me. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, keeping you connected to what's going on in the world, Catholic and otherwise. And someone who knows all about that is Andrea picciotti Bear, and she's a director of Conscience Project and legal analyst for EWTN News and the National Catholic Register. Has written a lot of really important pieces recently regarding parents pushing back on public education. And Andrea, I think this is so important. In, in particular, this case in Maryland, this is still an ongoing story. It continues to develop. Correct? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you so much for having me on, Teresa. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, the situation in Maryland is, is particularly egregious, but it's happening across the country that parents are 
learning what's hap- what's being taught and shared with their their children in public schools and they're questioning and they're pushing back and they're being told that they don't belong in the classroom um so i do think it's kind of the next and most important religious freedom issue of our country and what's so compelling about this case in Maryland, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if my memory serves me correctly, you had a number of different people from different faith groups, including many Muslim parents who spoke up, along with many Muslim children who were basically saying, look, I, I don't want this. I don't want to receive this. I have a right to turn this down. I have a right to, to basically uh, opt out. And the school is saying, no, you can't opt out. And they did this in a very sneaky way, didn't they, the school? They the school did. District. Now, you know, it's it's important to remember that Maryland, much like about, I think it's 23 states in the country, do have on the books a law that requires parents to be able to opt out of sex ed classes. Um, and, and so it's very interesting in Montgomery County, they're not just leaning on that right that's, that's been well established and has been working for schools and families for, for years. Instead, um, the school district introduced a collection of books, part of their inclusivity um, books, which are about 20 pride storybooks that are geared for kids pre-K through 8th grade. So we're dealing with kind of the youngest of our school children. And among the books, Teresa, are, are ones that really just shock the conscience. One is you know, for pre-K kids, three to four-year-olds, it's called Pride Puppy. And it has two women taking their children to a pride parade. Puppy gets lost. And the readers, these young readers, are asked to find images from a word list that includes drag queen, underwear, leather. I mean, it's just, that's crazy. Um, and and as the, the kids get older, the books that they're offered are even more um, invidious and, and problematic, not just for like you mentioned, these Muslim parents, but across all faith traditions, and I would venture to say even for people who don't identify as religious. And in fact, over 400 or 200 principals in Maryland signed a letter even before the parents' lawsuit to the school board saying that they questioned the appropriateness of these books for their school children. Well, what's so frustrating, and by the way, among many other things, we're talking with uh, Andrea Pichotti Barron. She's director of the Conscience Project and legal analyst for EWTN News and the NC Register. You see her often on EWTN News Nightly. What, what's so frustrating about this is a big part of the story is what the media aren't telling us in this story because the secular media are covering this as these people speaking out and just asking to opt out for their kids and again as we mentioned some of these young children testifying who are so articulate and speaking of why they don't think it's appropriate and they want to you know not be forced to to have this material shoved in their face the media are making it sound like those who are speaking up are some sort of antiquated group of people that want to burn and ban books and so they're presenting it very inaccurately and very unfairly Teresa, I think you're absolutely right, and and that's one of the challenges that we have um, today is the mainstream media isn't offering the story with you know a neutral, unbiased perspective of presenting the facts so that readers and listeners and viewers can make their own conclusions. Instead, they're pushing an agenda, and the agenda of um, whether they're pushing an ideological agenda in this case or using um, slanderous terms to say that people are bigoted, that they White supremacists. They were limit. calling the Muslim yeah. families white supremacists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Well, and that actually wasn't the, the media itself. It wasn't. No, it was Maryland. It was a school board member. Yeah, but then she had a backtrack. Yeah. And I, I played the, the cut of her on the air 
for my listeners and how she was stumbling all over herself trying to claim that these Muslim families were, were similar to white supremacists. And then she's saying, well, maybe they're not, but maybe they are. Maybe they are. And realizing that she was getting herself in, in, into quite a, a questionable situation. But getting back to what the school board did here, they basically went around this law and they put it under these books under a different category, which apparently does not allow the parents to opt out. Is that correct? Well, I, I think they still do have an opt-out option, and, and I think that the lawyers at Beckett that's representing the parents believe so as well, and I'm pretty sure that the judge that heard oral argument this last week was very receptive and open to that. But you're right. There was a, an attempt to work around the legal obligations and the tradition that parents had in being able to opt their children out of these really delicate conversations that really parents should decide when kids are introduced to issues related to human sexuality in general. And there's an issue about presenting things that are just at odds with biological reality. But what's even more interesting, Teresa, is at first the school board promised an opt-out, opt-out, and then they changed course. And that was, I think, what really just kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back. Parents thought that they would be able to exercise their rights, and then they were told, no, they couldn't. And the only recourse that they had was to go to court. Um, it's great that we have a great system, uh, legal system in place where parents' rights can be heard, but it is kind of a shabby and tricky situation that these parents are having to face, um, and the school year is about to begin. So what happened? What caused a change of, of, of mind on the part of the school board? You know, you know, I would I would assume that there's a lot of, um, you know, backdoor conversations. There is so much um, there's so much pressure from mm -hmm. interest groups that are pushing gender ideology um, upon our young people. I wouldn't be surprised that there was some sort of correspondence, either formal or informal. But there's also this idea that there's no limits to what educators can do, that they know best and that parents are somehow kind of a, a you know, secondary educator or get in the way. Um, and, and that's a really difficult and troubling situation that we're in. We saw it during the pandemic where teachers' unions played such an important part and parents' concerns were not listened to. Um, but I think that it's really coming to a head in Montgomery County, and I do believe that this case is going to be an important test case for our courts to really clarify the role of parental rights and lean on a great um, tradition of religious freedom uh, jurisprudence that we have. But it seems that we also have to go the route, always have to go the route of the courts, which should not be the case. I'm glad that we have the opportunity to work this out, but at the same time, that's very time-consuming, that's very, uh, you know, costly, it, and it takes a lot out of people, and you know this better than anybody else, and so this is what they do. They put this on you, and they force you to do this because they know how, again, time-consuming and strenuous a, a court case is. You know, what I think that they don't know and that they're not counting on is the extent and the length to which parents will go to protect their children. Yeah. You know, we're dealing with mama bears and papa bears out in Montgomery County who are concerned for their kids. Um, you know, it was it is really important to look at the, the public relations work that they're doing as well, educating and pushing back against this incorrect narrative that they're just saying, look, we don't want this for our children because it violates our religious beliefs and because it's not appropriate for, for them. 
um, at their age or just in general. And they're, they're holding protests and rallies peaceful um, in a way that I think really resonates with regular people, even if the people in charge of school board don't seem to be getting it. So where does this stand right now? You mentioned it just came up in court recently. Where are we in this case, Andrea, in this particular case with the uh, Montgomery County situation? So, so there was, so there's been a lawsuit that's been filed. And um, as I mentioned before, by one of my favorite groups of lawyers, Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. Um, your listeners probably remember Beckett as being the lawyer represented the Little Sisters of the Poor. Yes, yes. Or Catholic mm-hmm. Social Services in Philadelphia in their um, foster care uh, placement program. So they've filed suit um, raising issues that this violates Maryland law, that it violates the Constitution, the First Amendment's free exercise clause, the free speech guarantee, as well as the equal protection clause. There was an oral argument held, again, in the district court in Maryland. Um, and in, I would say in the next few weeks, we're likely to get um, some sort of ruling on the case. Um, hopefully that will be you know, a one and done. Um, it would be great that the school board would settle with the families uh, beforehand. Um, I think that would be in the school's best interest. But if they don't, hopefully the, the district court will. And if not, Beckett's got a great track record of bringing cases to the Intermediate Courts of Appeal and the Supreme Court, and I don't think that they're going to let um, let this one go. See, and I think we can't let it go. I think we have to use the system uh, as best we can to make sure that, that we bring this out, because this is just so, so horrific that parents have no say. And they're not saying to cancel it in the whole school district. They're saying, look, I just want the right to opt out for my kids. Yeah, no, and, you know, we're seeing across the country other instances in which parents are saying, I need to be part, you know, I need to be invited to the table here when it comes to my kids' education, whether it's informing parents if their children are going through any kind of gender crisis um, that the school cannot withhold information from parents about, about the children so that the parents can decide the correct course for their children's support um, and accompaniment. The other issue is there's a big case out of California dealing with parents of special needs children being able to choose the right educational fit for their kids and not be discriminated against if that fit is a religious school. Um, And, you know, I live in the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth, and just two years ago, our governor's election turned on the issue of parental rights. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Mm hmm. And it's it's just amazing. I think that parents really need to feel emboldened. They need to be you know strong and courageous. The law's on their side. It does take time, um, but you know as I mentioned before, you know parents will do anything for their kids and right. the formation and especially in character and in the understanding of God's great plan for them is something that we just can't let you know we can't contract out. Well, certain educators are talking out of both sides of their mouth. I hit the roof and I saw a report that came out a couple of weeks ago and I did the whole thing on it, an opinion piece on, on this show. But the American Federation of Teachers coming out with a new report on social media and the negative impact it's having on students and how it's so bad they're disrupting classes. Now they're calling for parental involvement. We want to engage families. We want to engage parents. We need to work together. Oh, sure. Now you want the parents to work together. Now that it's affecting your day and probably costing you money and time, now the parents need to be involved. But don't get them involved in these other issues when it, when it concerns actual content of certain books. 
No, it's, it is really interesting. Um, I do think that that's a really great sign having, um, you know, a number of, I have 10 kids and a number of them still are at home and we have daily conversations about the use of technology and pitfalls. Um, and I would love to be able to get, um, the expertise of educators, the proper expertise of educators to be able to help me out. Um, but I do think again, you know, parents are the primary educators. We take the lead on this. And you're absolutely right, Teresa. Social media is harmful to their soul, harmful to their minds, if not guided well. Uh, but, this, but the teachers can, on one hand, say we want parents involved, and the other say, no, we don't need you. We know better. To me, that's very hypocritical and contradictory. No, I agree. I just think that we need to take the gains where we can get them. And oh, no, I, I agree. But, but it just <laughs> seems so, so, oh, we want the parents. We love the parents. Well, since when? You got the situation in Maryland. You had the situation during COVID where we, we've found so many teachers who were mocking parents and they were caught on open mic. So anyway, it's just it's just frustrating. Andrea, we're so glad yeah. you're there to speak up for the truth. Thank you so much, Andrea. Picciotti. I love your maiden name, by the way. Just saying. It's beautiful. Bear. She's a, director, <laughs> she's a director of Conscience Project and legal analyst. You see her many, many times uh, because she's so good at what she does as an EWTN uh, analyst on EWTN News Nightly and writing for, among other publications, a national Catholic Register. We'll be right back to wrap up on Wednesday and let you know what's coming up tomorrow on a Thursday morning right here on EWTN. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Have you found your passion in life? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. The late Betty White once said, quote, Everybody needs a passion. That's what keeps life interesting. If you live without passion, you can go throughout life without leaving any footprints. Do you have a passion? Finding your passion is often a real challenge. My wife's passion is sewing. When she sews, time just flies. If you haven't discovered your passion, pray, and then write down a few things in a journal. Create a personal vision statement. List your strengths, weaknesses, and charisms. Enhance that list with things you love to do. List the things you don't love. Write your own values. Pray and dream about what your passion is with Christ at the center. Listen for answers, then try something. Serve. Just do it. Are you dreaming big about finding your thing? God loves big dreams. He's a big God. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Thanks so much for listening to EWTN. Don't forget this program co-produced by EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. Great resources online. 
EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. Father Mitch Pacwa, the one the only joining us as he always does on Thursday for Cultural Connections. And just a reminder, if you'd like to meet Father Mitch in person, he will be at the Family Celebration, which is coming up next Saturday on August 26th. And it's a great way to see the personalities, hear them, meet them in person, have them have you uh, get them to sign their book for you, maybe to go to Irondale to the EWTN headquarters, which is a blast. The people there are so nice, and it really is such a beautiful thing, especially as I mentioned last week, when you're in the reception area and you look up and you see all the monitors all over the world and think one feisty Italian-American nun started it all. You know, it's amazing. Talk to you tomorrow on a Friday. Take care. And again, keep listening to EWTN. A domani. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.